Hello and welcome to 20 Tim Minutes, a podcast that focuses on mental health in a serious but yet humorous way. Listen as I interview a wide variety of guests where we show our support as well as sharing our own personal struggles and stories with mental health. I am your host, Tim McCarthy, and now it's time to talk about it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're tuning into another episode of 20 Tim Minutes. I am your host, Tim McCarthy. Today, we have on Andy Colleen, who is a mindset coach who helps you overcome your self-sabotaging patterns and stops holding yourself back so you can start taking action towards things that you actually want to do in life. Andy Colleen, how are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking, by the way. So tell us a little bit about what you're here for and uh, your background, bio, everything. What led you up to talking with me today is pretty much what I'm asking. Ooh, big question here. Well, I am a mindset coach, which a lot of people are kind of like, what the hell is that? And I was too. I got my start in corporate consulting, which couldn't be further from what I do now. And basically at the time of the corporate consulting world's role, I was just like, not okay. I was just living that life, like had the bougie corporate Amex, the like happy hours, the long hours, all of the people. I was constantly busy, not sleeping. And I hated my job. Like I absolutely hated it. And it led me into a lot of just really bad coping mechanisms and patterns. And eventually I came to realize that a lot of the stuff that was going on wasn't actually anything to do with the job. It was all stuff that had to do with things inside of me that the job was just shining a light on, but I hadn't learned to deal with yet. And so it led me on a several year long journey to learn about self-worth and self-doubt and self-sabotage and healing and all of that. And eventually that took me into quitting my job, moving across the country and one day starting a coaching business, which is where I'm at now. How did you come to that realization that you were just like, you know what, I'm dropping this all and going, was there something exactly that pinpointed that in your life that you're like, all right, it's time to do it right this second. There was one moment, but it was really weird because a lot of the like healing work that I was doing at the time was while I was still working at that job. Um, I was in consulting. So you kind of switch from project to project and every project is like a new job in itself. So I didn't actually have to leave the company to change my situation. And after I'd done that enough times, I realized it's not the projects, it's me. And so I had done that healing work for a while and I'd gotten to this point in my job where I was doing really well. Like I was on a good project. I loved the work because I had kind of figured out all of that like shit that was going on behind the scenes. I wasn't really triggered. I was like in a good place and I wouldn't say I was super like fulfilled by the job, but I was thinking I would do this for at least another couple of years, if not another decade. I was like, I can do this. I can ride this out. And one morning, it was actually right around the holidays. I had taken a couple weeks off to like burn the rest of my time off. And I woke up and I was just like, I need to quit. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. But I had just like this gut feeling that it was like time to quit my job. And so right after the holidays, I just showed up and it was within the first two hours I had put in my two weeks. I had told everyone on my team. And at that point, I just needed to follow through. And I did. And so it was really just this weird one moment where it was like, I think I just need to do this. I don't know why. I don't know why I feel this so strongly. I hadn't thought about it at all the day before or the months before. And then I just did it. <laughs> How did you feel with that? Did you have anxiety? I think there was a little bit of like, 
oh shit, what am I doing? Like, am I being a naive, like 20 something? Like, am I that girl that's going to look back and be like, oh, that day in my life, I'm going to regret that for the rest of my life. But in the end of the day, I was sitting there and something that I've gotten really good at is like, at least knowing what my gut is saying and knowing that when I listen to it, it's usually, it usually works out. Like to put it very bluntly, but doesn't mean it's not scary. And so because I know that, and because that was something I had kind of like tested and like practiced in the years before, I also knew that I just needed to get myself to a point of not feeling anxious or like frustrated about it. It was like, what did I need to feel safe making this decision? And for me, like that definitely looked like doing a quick evaluation of my finances, asking myself, if I need a job desperately in the next like six months, if I have burned all of my money and all of the things and I have no backup plan, do I have, and do I believe in myself to get another job? And for me, that wasn't, that wasn't that risky then because my team at work liked me. Like I had like a good kind of support system there and they would have, they even said when I left, they're like, we would take you back in a heartbeat if it doesn't work out. Like if you need some, like something even part-time. And I knew in like my, like for myself that I could also just get a job. Like it wasn't like, you know, this is the end of the world. It might've seemed a little rash to everyone around me, but everything is figure outable, you know, like even if things do go horribly wrong, like as long as I'm still breathing, like I still, I still can get money again at one point. So it didn't feel like as big of a deal. You won't be going homeless is what you're saying. Basically. And if I did, I probably, I had a 10, so like I'd be fine. (laughs) You're ahead of the, you're ahead of so many different steps. If it goes down that way, I commend you for that. Um, (laughs) Now let's go to self-sabotaging real quick because it seems like you trust yourself a lot. Would you say that's correct? Yeah. Now it's self-sabotaging. I feel like it's self-explanatory, but if you can explain it to people that might not know what it is and if you can give an example of it, that'd be great. Yeah. So self-sabotage really shows up in so many different ways, but at the core of it, it's when you want something. So I like to use losing weight because I think that's a really like relatable one that yeah. almost one can um, connect with. But For example, you want to lose weight, you want something, but no matter how much you want that thing, you can't get yourself to take consistent action towards it. And even when you do take it a couple of times, eventually you just stop doing it. So that start again cycle happens a lot. And that's kind of at the root of it. It's just like you want something and you can't get yourself to have it. Like something you want, you are holding yourself back from it. It could be a feeling, it could be a thing, it could be an emotion, whatever it is. And what I like to do with examples because it shows up in so many different forms. It's like, it could be your procrastination patterns. Like if you procrastinate on a task that you know, you need to do, like, you know, you need to do this thing, but you procrastinate on it. You avoid it. If you often get stuck in indecision, like that's a sign of um, self-sabotage because until you make that decision, you can't actually move forward. You can't take action on whatever it is you want. At the end of the day, you have to take action to get whatever it is you want. That's just like where the root of it. Um, It's also overthinking. It's any kind of like feelings of paralysis or hesitation, people pleasing, perfectionism. All of those are kind of signs of self-sabotage. I feel like I'm in that same boat because like, I always want to get back in shape and I always self-sabotage. Like I know exactly like what you were saying. I was like, yep, that's me. 
Yep, that's me. <laughs> I know I can do it. I've done it before and I want it. But then I think to myself, I'm like, do I really want it? Because if I did, <laughs> I would work a lot harder at it. And then like I'll self-sabotage to the point I was like, oh, you know what? I'll just eat one cookie. Then I'm like, I'll eat these 10 cookies and start tomorrow, what you're pretty much saying. And then it's the motivational uh, factor in it all. It's like me just starting again. Because I always tell people with the gym or eating healthy, the hardest part is starting and restarting, I would say. But yeah, I'm pretty much, uh, I checked off everything that you were saying right away. (laughs) And it's not like a bad thing. Like I still have these patterns, but the way that I like to describe it is that if you really wanted something, like exactly what you said, if you really wanted something, wouldn't you be motivated to take action towards it? Like why aren't you? And like, that's kind of more at the root of it. And what I found with self-sabotage, and this is actually what I coach on, is at the root of you not actually being motivated to take action towards the thing you want, there's usually a learned pattern or behavior or fear. There's a threat to your physical, mental, or emotional safety that typically is developed when you are very young. Because when we're very young, we don't have the ability to like consciously process what's going on around us. So if we experience some form of pain and the right type of parenting, whether it be from a friend, a parent, or a teacher, someone out there, but the right form of parenting isn't there in the moment to help us understand that pain, our body in the future is going to start to kind of create a pattern from what that is. And it'll like start to build and build and build. And it's really those early root instances that cause the self-sabotaging patterns that we have today. So they're not logically connected. It usually doesn't make sense. And that's usually why we don't keep going. And as we're kind of like, you know, growing up, like doing new things, wanting new goals, it's only natural that every next step you take, you're going to have self-sabotage come up again because you're changing. You're deciding something new. Like you are, you know, putting a new course out there for your life. And so I think that's something else that's important to mention is that like, just because you self-sabotage, it really isn't a bad thing. It's just, where is the misalignment going on? What have you not addressed yet? Okay, let's find it. Let's address it and let's move on. It's pretty simple at the end of it. Cause I think sometimes we like hear that and you're like, Ooh, that's bad. I shouldn't be doing that. I don't want to associate myself with that. Yeah. It's such like a bad connotation of a word. And it's funny, we're not even recording. I'm just learning all this for myself because everything you're saying is like, this is exactly what I do. Like, I know I want it and I know I could do it, but then it's like, yeah, what is it? Like the rewiring of it all. Um, so that's super interesting. How did you learn all this, by the way? Most of it was through trial and error of myself because oh, that's, when, well, that's pretty much your life is just trial and error, but there's not a little, there's not a lot of errors. It seems like <laughs> there was a lot of errors. It's just hard to see right now. Cause a lot of that, that period of time while I was in my corporate job and I was not okay. Um, the not okayness was pretty visible because it manifested for me in disordered eating and disordered exercise to the point where it was hard for anyone not to see the problem. Like I would wake up and run 10 to 15 miles every single morning before work. And that's not normal. We all know that. Like that's just not a normal behavior. (laughs) So as like much as I would have loved to block that out and pretend it was normal, it wasn't. And I knew that. And so a lot of my journey then, like for the years that I was in corporate was seeing a therapist, not having the results of the therapist that I wanted, still being stuck. And at the end of the day, just being like, well, shit, I have to figure this out. Like I have to be the one. And so it was like reading books. It was Googling. It was piecing it together. It was trying things. It was like them not working. And eventually over time, some of those things did work. And now I understand that more, especially now that I teach that process, like I can help coach people through it. I understand kind of 
the like core of everything going on in the background. But at the time it was like, it was like this big puzzle that took me probably four to five years to really get to a, a hot moment for. What is like the number one thing that you deal with? I know you said like weight loss is usually your example. Is that like one of the main ones? Is there any other ones that you deal with? It's usually not weight loss. I'd say that a lot of times people come to me for there's these things in their life, like these pursuits, these more like purposeful filled pursuits that they just aren't going towards. They're afraid of, they like, sometimes they know they're afraid to take the risk, to jump in, to do something. And a lot of times my clients, like they have an, a level of objective success. You know what I mean? Like they're doing fine in their career. Maybe they're married. Maybe they have like kids. Like there's not anything that's blaringly wrong with their life, but something feels off. And there's this almost like void underneath that they are trying to fill. And it's almost masked by all of these like self-sabotaging patterns. Like they'll have instances of procrastination, instances of indecision, and they like know there's something else they need and they just can't put their finger on it. And that's funny enough, the largest um, kind of type of situation that I help people with is that like not knowing but knowing there's something else out there and they're not being open with themselves about it. Do they ever get pushback being like, no, I can't do it. Even when you're trying to motivate them. Do you ever have people like that when you try to motivate them and they're still reluctant of it all? Cause I feel like I'm like that too. <laughs> yes. I think that it's funny you say that because when it comes to motivation, it's like this very fine line. Cause my belief in motivation is that it's like such a bullshit like concept <laughs> where it's like, we all like try to like manufacture it and fake it to like kind of get over the hump. But it's like, why are you faking something? Why can't you just make yourself not need to fake it? Like what's going on? It's that like kind of like the broken pattern almost. Um, So when I'm with my clients, there is a fine line of that because it's like getting them to see what's going on underneath it. But understanding that a lot of the concepts that we apply to actually heal what's going on are super simple to the point where you think it's stupid when you do it. Like it feels stupid. Like we want something more complex. Our brain loves complexity because the more complex it is, the more ease we get because we're like, oh yeah, I haven't done that yet. Oh yeah, I haven't tried that yet. And we don't want to hear that you just need to apply this. Like you just need to think about this differently. Every single moment this comes up for the next two weeks and then let's reevaluate. No one wants to do that. We all want the like, big, shiny, like complex solution where we have to like sit there for a couple hours with our pencil out and like our glasses on, like, but that's just not what it is. So the motivation with my clients usually comes from trust the process. Like this is not nothing. This is not meaningless. This will work, but you need to just do it over and over again, even when it feels like it's not doing anything. You say that you, it happens to you from, uh, from time to time. How do you get yourself back in that moment when you're the teacher and you have to teach yourself? Yeah. It's funny. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I've had, um, the last couple of weeks it's even shown up for me. And it's, it's one of those things where it first always starts for me. And this is something that I really would love to like give to other people is kind of like, how do you do this for yourself? Like, how can we all be like our own coach so that we can get to the root of it and then change it? Cause like, that's the goal, right? Being able to give ourselves the things we need. 
for me, that looks like grabbing a journal or grabbing, there's an app on my phone called Cocoon Weaver. So if you like talk to it, it'll like translate the text, mm. which is really nice because you can look through it. But it looks like whenever something comes up, whenever I notice a pattern, whenever I don't want to show up for work, to be honest, like when I don't want to show up for my clients, I don't want to do the things I know I need to do to make money. Um, I just grab the journal. I like figure out why that is. I figure out my emotions. And there is a little bit of a structure to what I do where it's almost like, what's the situation right now? Why do you feel that way? Where has this shown up before? What's at the root of it? What are you actually afraid of? What beliefs lie under that? And where did you learn that? Like, where was that kind of not given to you in the past? Um, I've done this so many times that there's like some core things that I'm still working through because healing's like a longer journey than just like a two day process. You know what I mean? It's yeah. months long, years long sometimes. And so it's funny because a lot of the things that come up for me, they're still attacking these like same two to three core wounds that I have. But getting to the root and understanding what's going on, like, oh, okay, allows me to then kind of like coach myself out of it. It's like, okay, no, like you just need to look at this differently. Like, you know, this, you need to switch your thought patterns. Maybe you need to do a little bit like of legit work. Like you need to like go do something actually just different than you've done before. But that's usually how it shows up. It's just like, it's there. I notice the resistance. Anytime you're resistant to do anything in your life, like, I mean, laundry, maybe don't, not that one. Maybe like, not like the boring kitchen tasks or something. Uh, they need but, like, to invent something with laundry that folds and puts everything away. You need like the robot from the Jetsons or something. Yeah. Like, I think I've come to terms with, I'm just never going to want to do my laundry. No, who does? <laughs> but like with those big life tasks, you know, like those big things that are like, they're not gonna, you know, you need them. If you're resistant to that, then you got to figure out what's going on. Do you need to change the task or do you need to change something else going on inside of you? I like how we're both on the same page with laundry. Everyone can relate to that. I don't think there's any motivation behind laundry. It's like, oh, I'm motivated to, to really fold these uh, sheets. And like, no one knows how to fold sheets. It's ridiculous. Sometimes I have people get on calls and they're like, I think I just, I can't get myself to like do the dishes. And I'm like, yeah, that's normal. Like that, yeah. that's not the problem here. That is not what we're talking. Yeah. About. It's like, eat on paper plates. Like it's self-inflicted, you know? Yeah. Um, now you pretty much almost answered my next question. It's someone wants to come to you. What, what do they should expect when they're meeting with Andy Colleen for their sessions? Um, and you don't have to give all your secrets away, but how, how would you pretty much sell yourself to somebody that, that should come to you? Yeah. When, when we work together, when I work with anyone, it's a very individualized process because everyone's like cases are different. And so what I am trained to do, because obviously I went through my own like experience and all of that happened. And as I learned more, I invested in the education I needed to actually like have those tools to help you work through things. So like, I almost have, I have that ability to identify what, what are those root problems that are actually going on? What's the actual problem here? But then depending on where that problem lies, because it can lie either physically or mentally, like either conscious or subconscious mind and identifying what the problem is and where it lies depends on the type of tools that we would bring in to help you work through that. And so, yeah, there's a couple that we go to more frequently, but working with me, it's more like it's a lot of questions. Like I am looking for a lot of questions because the way that I identify the problems you have 
is that I'm trained to pick up on the different language patterns and body patterns that you have, depending on how you answer certain questions that I ask. And I ask different questions depending on what you say. And so our first session usually is really funny because it looks like 90 minutes of you answering straight questions from me and just kind of sitting there and being like bombarded. And sometimes that can be very emotional. Sometimes it could just be draining. Oh yeah. And it sets you up so that we have that foundation so we can start to like work through those problems and everything after that it changes. It it depends. What's success for you? What do you what does success mean to you? Mm, I love that question. <laughs> And I don't know. No, (laughs) I think success to me is every single day learning to listen to the things that I genuinely desire, like I genuinely want to have and following them. So kind of like everything that happened with my job a long time ago, it's like, when am I craving something that doesn't logically make sense? And do I trust myself enough to just follow that urge, knowing it could blow up in my face, but doing it anyway? trusting I'll figure it out. And I think that's success for me. It's just doing that every day and like learning to listen to myself. How can people learn to listen to themselves more? So I would say that's honestly a great way. I talk to a lot of my clients too. And sometimes when you're starting out, it's a lot harder said than done. So like for me, I understand what's going on and I will be very blatant when I was in the middle of my corporate job and I was not okay listening to myself was out of the question because there was so much shit that I hadn't dealt with that I couldn't hear myself. I was so conditioned by what everything else, everyone else around me was saying that even if I wanted to listen, I hadn't learned how to do that. I didn't know what it sounded like. And so if someone is really struggling with that, like they don't know what their intuition sounds like, their gut sounds like anything like that, I would tell them to start with doing some like more like deep, inner work. Like, I don't know what the better term for that is, but like, what are the demons? What's holding you back? Work through them, learn to heal them. And by nature, you're going to get more clear on what you sound like and what you actually want, but it's a process. Success to me is not having to buy uh, clothes anymore and just never having to do laundry again. I think that's what success is to me. Um, what's, What's next for Andy Colleen? What's next is not giving up on coaching Definitely not right now. I won't say ever, but continuing on with coaching, continuing on with podcast content creation, all of that, but definitely forging ahead into bigger stages, public speaking, corporate speaking, working with schools, those um, schools, especially is a passion of mine of how can we bring some of these concepts that are so simple, just not taught correctly um, to people who need them. Like, how can we give this to people so they can apply them now for themselves? So that's the next next steps. I like it. You seem like a busy, busy woman. What do you do for fun on the side besides run marathons every morning? (laughs) No more marathons every morning. I play with my dog. I have a dog. I love my dog. When my hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone does this. They just say I have a dog. I need to know what brand, what brand, what type of brand brand of dog is this? And what is that? (laughs) The dog's name is bear. I'll tell you a funny story about that too dog's name is bear it's a red golden retriever she's a puppy and my family so she's actually my parents dog but i'm living in the area of my parents right now and for temporarily and so she's basically mine like i consider her mine i see her every single day and so she is the third bear that i have lived with Mm. or grown up with i don't technically live with her 
but she is, we have named every single dog bear in my family. You're like the Simpsons name of their cat Snowball. Yes. <laughs> in my dad's side of the family, we have three bears. We've had like several rounds of shadows um, for like chiefs. And so they just have this pattern of renaming their dogs. And people find that so weird. And I thought it was so normal until I grew up and someone was like, that's not normal. That's really weird. Yeah. And now I understand. So you either got to go bear junior bear the third, like that's what you need to do. You got to differentiate all of them. You're like, Oh, I love bear. Like which one did you love the most? <laughs> and they're all the same. Like they like visually, they all look pretty similar because they're all red golden retrievers. <laughs> so don't, don't fix what ain't broke that your family is all the same people. Don't fix <laughs> yeah. what ain't broke. Just if it works, keep doing it. That is the epitome of my parents. Yes. Oh, and it's great. It works for so, them. <laughs> so just your dog. That's all All the hobbies you got. No, I definitely have more hobbies. Right now, they're a little different. But normally, I love being outside. I love nature. I love being outside. That's why Colorado is definitely my favorite place. I love long drives. I love coffee. I love painting walls. Not painting anything except for walls. Like To be very honest, there's something wrong about painting a picture on a wall not like not just like painting one color but like taking like a pencil and a paintbrush and painting something weird and random on a wall just makes me really happy because I think I just grew up learning that I couldn't do that like that's not allowed and so every apartment I've lived thus far I've painted something on the wall like on a whole wall mural and that's been like kind of a consistent hobby too Nice. I always say this in a in a good way because I'm I'm it too. Is you're very weird and I love it. <laughs> I think people that are weird are elite, and uh, I'm not self confident in a lot of things. But you you're weird, and, I, and that's a good thing. I appreciate it. Now, where can people find you on the internets? Yes, the internets. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on TikTok. Is probably the place where I'm most active. My podcast. That's the second place. And I do have an Instagram account. I struggle to keep up with all of the things, yeah. but those are all the places you can find me. Perfect. And uh, let's end with this. I always like to ask my guests these questions and I didn't give you any prep time on this. So hopefully you have it. What is a theme song for Andy Colleen to say she came out to an arena and the song was blasting like she was a UFC fighter? What song would be playing? Dang. I wish I had a good answer for this. I feel like I want something to stand out. You don't have like a running jam that you just pumps you up? Oh, I totally do. What is it? Oh, no. What's it called? It's the song I listen. No, this is my theme song. I listen to this every single time, even when shit was like really wrong. And I was traveling every week for work. So I was at, in airports 24 seven. And I remember it was the first day I got my AirPods and I felt like the coolest human alive. I was walking through the airport and I need to look this up really quick. Cause I don't remember what the song's name is. Yeah, I, never... go for it. I can always edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's so funny. I love the passion was... behind this though. I love how you, how you're looking for it. Oh my God. I totally remember this now. Is it a pop song? Rap song? It's pop. Um, Okay. Is it all I do is win? No, it's Andy Grammer. Good to be alive. It's like good to be alive right about now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've actually heard that song. Sometimes people give me songs and I just go, yeah, I know what you're talking about. But no, I actually do know that one. That's a, that is a good one. He has a I would good- like, 
Go ahead. What? No, he has another good song I really like. I forget the name of that too. I'm I'm bad with names of songs, but when it comes on, I'm like, oh, I, I love that jam. That's why I asked the question so I could learn new music. Yeah, I like used to walk when like I was like it would be like five in the morning because I'd be catching an early flight. And I would walk through the airport with my suitcase and my AirPods and I'd have like my hair in a ponytail and not, no cords and I'd be sitting there and no one else would know what's going on. But I was like, I'm in a movie right now. Like I'm so cool. And that's the song I'm going to play. <laughs> I think we're the same people. Um, <laughs> now let's end with this. What are three things that you're grateful for today? Three things that I'm grateful for are really good coffee, espresso. If Wait, no one you, get, you pull that out of nowhere. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, she just pulled a coffee out of thin air, iced coffee. Okay. It's actually hot coffee. Oh, so okay. My bad. I bought this. I have convinced, I think, at least 10 people now to get this espresso maker since I bought it last year. It's just like $100 on Amazon, dirt cheap, like for an espresso maker, because we've all seen the expensive coffee machines. It has changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. So I, and then I get to drink it out of these like really cute, no one, no one can see this, but these really cute, like little, like glass Mason jars, jar, like ma- jelly jars or something. Jelly jars. Yeah. People I, will see this on YouTube. They, they can visually see it. I, I like it. It's, it's cute. Yeah. Girls love little cute things. Like, Oh my God, it's yeah. little and cute. <laughs> so this is number one. Perfect. I like it. That was the funniest thing that you could have done is just pull that out of nowhere. I, I look down for like a half a second to write something. I look up, I go, wait a minute. <laughs> Where did that come from? So that's number one. Um, second thing I'm grateful for, I painted my nails. It made me really happy. I'm a, I'm a fan of nails and purses on women. And those are nice nails. Thank you. I appreciate it. I did them myself. Took a while. I messed up. I had to redo them. So I was proud of myself for like the, the perfectionism. Cause that's not ever been, I'm not a perfectionist. I'm the person who doesn't do things fully. I like rush through things. So when I do something really well, I pride myself on it for taking the time to actually just do it well. And that was my nails. So that was exciting. And I would say third thing I'm grateful for today is we have two dogs in the house I'm at right now. And they just make me really happy. I love waking up to dogs. We're dog sitting them, and it just made me really happy. So those are the things. Is it bear and shadow? It's bear and Skyla. <laughs> okay. Skyla sounds like, like it would be like a cocker spaniel. What type of dog is it? Is it, a, is it a red golden retriever as well or what? No, it's a golden retriever, but it's so funny because she's like a massive golden retriever. Like her head is three times the size of bear's head. Bear's not that small. Like she's small, but she's not that small. If if I got reincarnated to something, it would be a golden retriever into a house, a house that where parents are still married is, is the type yes. of house I'd want to be in as a golden retriever. In like the middle of the woods or something where you could run around too. Yes, exactly. Andy Colleen, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, anyone that's listening, be sure to check her out. If you want to get over that self-sabotaging patterns and be a better person like her, Andy Colleen, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. This was so fun. I thought I was here. podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. 
If you are feeling suicidal, please dial 911.